Folk to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path Sovereign Court Side Story Part Six, and we're all back together. Yeah, yep. I'm so excited. It's been so many weeks without all of you. It's been a bit. It's <laughs> so very long. Yeah, of course I am. Uh, well, I suppose a quick uh, round table. I am your host and game master, Rick Sandage. I am joined by Jessica Jenkins, Jordan Jenkins, Heather Allen, Rachel Sandage, and Ross Scoggin. The he full named all of us. Crew. Oh, crew. Mm-hmm. We're all in trouble. He full named us. We're all back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can pull yes. some middle names out if you guys want me to, but I don't and see you. You already to. said like my actual first name, which nobody does. It's already <laughs> sure. weird. Rachel. Calls me Rachel. That's how you knew she was in trouble. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, welcome back, everyone, um, to the continued adventure of our uh, our heroes here. Uh, not your usually scheduled heroes. Those will be back next week as far as the Knights of Summer are concerned. Woo! But our uh, our youngsters, if you will, being that they're like uh, three years younger. Maybe. I was going to say, we're <laughs> not even much younger. Well, I mean, this is the past, though, so we're actually it much is younger. We're like 26 right now. <laughs> they're all in there. They're all these young 20-year-olds. Yeah, we're in like our like early to mid-20s at this point. Drinking their lattes and eating their avocado toast. It's true. Yeah. I, I Whatever it is it. that people are angry that young people do. Listen to their Walkmans. I've made at least three TikToks since we started this. But yes, welcome back. So um, normally this would be the part where I'd say when last we left our heroes. However, uh, as all of you are aware, we have just completed doing five individual side stories. So in fact, pretty much everyone is only aware of the things that they did previously. Yeah. Uh, so if you've listened to that, you are aware that our heroes, uh, Count Albert Falspar, Count Hennessy Denzarni, Landgrave Isidore Darahan. Isidore. Isidore. Mm-hmm. I want to say Isildor every That's time I say it. That's not what it is. <laughs> Landgrave Isidore Darahan, Countess Josephine Hescalar, and Lord Vernon Castor had been contacted by their friend and ally, their confidant, if you will. Phrases I usually use in, re- in reference for the Knights of Summer to Lady Lothied. However, in this case, I'm using in reference to Lady Gloriana Marilla. Mm. who had contacted everyone to ask for their aid, basically in uh, helping to prove the honor, the importance, basically to exonerate the name of one Countess Anaria Alcosti, who had been uh, kind of expunged from the record history itself. She seemed cool. For the the gall of questioning the Grand Prince. Mm -hmm. The... Individuals had each gone and scattered their own separate way across the uh, the width and breadth of Taldor and beyond to a degree, with some of them traveling to Opara to go and, uh, and delve beneath an ancient temple, Ooh. some of them journeying into the Verudian forest to go and uh, seek out the wisdom of the trees, some of them traveling as far as Andoran itself, uh, <laughs> or as far south as into the uh, the neighboring, the rival Kadira, um, as well as venturing into the edge of the world oh. in the world's edge mountains, Whoa. all in pursuit of uh, proof to exonerate the name of the Alcosti family line. Uh, all of them with the aid of one Romario Alcosti, the young upstart hoping to eventually become a lord himself. As they had uh, traveled about, uh, gathered what information they could, and then had awaited a response back, which is kind of where we left things off, uh, having just finished uh, the most recent of our five quests. So I'm supposed to jump back into things. 
Each of the five of you had returned back to your own lands after aiding Romario Acasti in his noble quest to restore the honor of his family. A few months for some of you has passed, longer for some of the rest of you, since uh, while each of you were only doing one thing, uh, Romario Acasti has spent the last basically five months uh, running back and forth across uh, all of Taldor <laughs> and beyond um, as Jeez. far as traveling to yeah, uh, Andorin and Kadura. To do these adventures. At least he's dedicated. Mm, it's true. I mean, he stands to make a lot of money if he can get his title reinstated. Well, he's already rich. Each of you would return. Each of you would spend a couple of months back to your own homelands, tending to your own various issues of being lords, deciding whose sheep this belongs to, <laughs> things like that. Whatever other things that lords have to do. Party. Entertaining people, parties. I don't In have some to do of your any cases, of that parties. because I'm just a, I'm a landgrave, so there's no people. I don't you have things. to like patrol at least or something? Yeah, but that's what the soldiers are for. I'm never home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that you're like, all right, you go out on patrol. And I'm going to go monster hunting, bye. Yeah, like, and I've done my work for the day. Anyone up yeah. for some sp a spot of hunting? <laughs> I say, I'm pretty sure my brother and I are in uh, skirmishes on a daily. <laughs> These kids today. <laughs> I'm mostly wrangling horses and such. I was going to say, the uh, the more I read of the uh, Kuris province, the more it reminds me of uh, early Dritz novels in Minzo Baranzan, of these houses oh constantly <laughs> stabbing each other in the back and murdering one another. You got a lot of down no there. There's a reason I wear a full plate. <laughs> There's a reason I sleep in this armor. <laughs> Dang, you wear However, heavy armor? Big lady. I wear heavy armor. I can't lady, see, so I gotta get protected somehow. <laughs> ah. I remember Rachel was so happy when she found out her flat foot AC was only one lower than her regular AC. <laughs> I gotta say, I love it in Tyrant's Grass. So. It, it, it is That's fun until enjoy. you get spells, and you're like, I just oh no. enjoy that I'm like the, the girl of the party, and I'm probably the most heavily armored. Like, screw you guys. <laughs> and you're also blind, so you lady. can't see any of our cute faces. Nope. She, technically well, I mean, speaking, clouded sight means she's just extraordinarily nearsighted. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> you got to get close to me for me to get yeah. details. But, like, I can see your basic outline. She recognizes <laughs> which blur is each of us, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. true. I probably know you more by smell. And it may not be good. I was, was going to say, like horse, you just know by Hennessy because you smell alcohol constantly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that smells like smells booze. Like booze. <laughs> I know which one that is. It's 7.30 in the morning and must be here. It smells like a distillery and there's that old smell of books. So I guess Vernon's around here somewhere. And <laughs> Albert always just smells of moss and horses. I do. Yeah. And Isidore just smells like he's been rolling around with dogs on his hunting trips. He smells like mm. monster Smells blood. like wet dog. It smells like wet dog. Oh, God, I do not smell like wet dog. <laughs> we all take baths, okay? <laughs> but each of you had, of course, received, after some time had passed, a letter uh, addressed to each of you from one Romario Alcasti. Oh, this guy. Uh, okay. Stamped, as all of you are somewhat familiar with now, although uh, some of you more so than other, with the uh, the soaring Pegasus uh, symbol of House Alcasti, although House Alcasti hasn't been a thing in a very long time, but he appears to have bought a signet ring. The letter I love stated, that he's, he's like, I need you to make this signet ring. And they're like, yes, sir, for what house? And he's like, here's a picture. <laughs> it looks like this. It looks this like Pegasus. this. And they're just like, um, <laughs> okay, I guess. The letter you had each received, long enough back that all of you had had time to arrange travel, as of course travel will be necessary, had read, my most esteemed friends, you will be proud of me, I hope. Not only have I managed to arrange a day in court to present our findings, but I, with the aid of Lady Marilla, have also caught the ear of Princess Eutropia herself, who has agreed to hear my petition. With the evidence of Anaria's greatness that you have helped me accumulate, I know that the princess will be moved. I have arranged the use of a quaint country manor house, a half day's ride from Opara, 
and would love for you to join me the evening before so that we can go over my speech and celebrate our hard work. Don't worry, I've taken care of everything and look forward to receiving you. This guy. Regards, Romario Alcasti. <sighs> I'll oh, be just gosh. like side-eyes his horse who's inside for some inexplicable reason. It, it is worth mentioning for the audience, we did not discuss what happened in our adventures. No, no, no. we have no idea. But by the fact that all of us had the same, oh God, this guy response, mm. I think we all get the same idea of who this I guy is. didn't get that. So, so y'all's reaction is very interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> interesting. All right. So I suppose then we'll begin on the 15th of Rova. A few months have passed. Uh, in fact, fall is just on the edge of turning into winter. For some of you, um, I believe we were very recently having a conversation, and by that I mean it was the last recorded episode with uh, with Rachel, about how the curse prefecture was uh, already in fall. It is like winter is coming. The, uh, the mountains uh, are beginning to uh, get covered in snow. And lovely. so you just managed to escape your prefecture before the uh, snows came and locked you in for the better part of three or four months. Yeah. All of you make your way to the Oparis Prefecture, uh, traveling to the grand city of Opara itself before leaving out of the northern gates from there and traveling to, you're going to assume, your destination, this place that you will be staying. It is late in the fall. The harvests have already been mostly taken care of, although you do still see some peasant farmers out in the fields getting ready to uh, basically clearing, of course, the stalks and crops and such that you would need to. Any of the overgrowth that doesn't freeze in place so that the uh, the land will be ready come the thaw after winter for the spring planting. You're fortunately not traveling far from Opara, so you're still in that portion of Opara where the infrastructure is really good um, as you travel out to this, uh, this small, almost picturesque town that's set up uh, really just for the uh, as a trading point for the farmers to come in and bring in their supplies. And then past that following for a short distance until a little bit after noon, you arrive at this estate. What you suppose maybe even the future Lord Alcosti, but what Romario had referred to as a quaint country manor house, uh, itself being a beautiful estate with surrounding grounds, um, a small pond off towards the side with clipped winged swans swimming about in small circles um, in their little captivity there. Albie makes a face immediately. That's not nice. Why are they clipped? That, they can't fly away. He needs <laughs> so they can just swans. be there and be pretty. That's just rude. Mm. I'm in a bad mood already. A beautiful manor house stands before you. Large, rather impressive. Uh, nothing compared to, of course, any of your own homes. I mean, maybe a bit compared to the Kastner home, just because, mm. you know, you're not a count. It's fair. And probably a far more creature comforts than the, uh, the Darahan is used to. Yeah, I live in a keep. Like an actual functional key. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say you're more you're more concerned with the defensibility of your estate than the aesthetics. But while each of you hadn't really had a chance to uh, to meet up the day before, uh, as you had arrived in Opara, the five carriages arrive close to almost simultaneously. Mostly because the trek up here takes you through this kind of long winding pass to the point that eventually, by the time that you've actually arrived, even though your departures may have been somewhat staggered, you form this queue. Um, as you pull up the serving staff, there's not enough room here for your staff to stay, so they're showing up, pulling down your uh, your luggage for you to stay the Isidore evening. Isidore definitely leaned out his carriage window and yelled hi to everybody once we formed <laughs> our line. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know. We're just sitting there shouting at each other across <laughs> and like passing the message back. <laughs> but I suppose, um, Count Albert, you step free of your carriage first. Just because the rest of the crew was not there. Jessica, will you give me a quick description for uh, Count Albert Falspar? God, what do I look like? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. All right, I'm ready. Yes, uh, quick recap. Albie, 
uh, you would all call him Melby, is a fairly tall man. Uh, he's got kind of tan skin. He obviously spends a lot of time outside and he has really piercing green eyes, which is pretty common for Falspars. However, instead of having dark hair, he does have kind of sandy brown, blondish hair, which he mostly kind of just keeps pulled back pretty simply. Uh, he wears a, a closely trimmed beard and he wears, <laughs> I don't remember how I described it in my episode, but I do remember Rick making fun of me. He wears very expensive, simple clothing. Um, so for example, his breastplate is dragon scale because I just imagine that he and like Izzy went hunting for a dragon. And so oh. he has dragon scale breastplate. It's how a white dragon. Dear. It's a white dragon. Okay. <laughs> it's an evil dragon, for their so it's kosher. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad dragon. And they used every part of the dragon when they hunted it. <laughs> Izzy would have kept its head, I'm just saying. Okay, it's well, I wall, guess that happened. Now. <laughs> we put it in a room we never invite you to. <laughs> not not, not <laughs> counted as part of this story is the 60 other men that it took to help take down this dragon. Well, <laughs> hey, um, it depends on how big it is. Well, I believe to be to make medium size armor, it would have had to have been at least large size. That's true. Yeah, so yeah, I think so that's yeah. like adult. Maybe I called in juvenile? some of my other family yeah, members. Yeah, we had a bunch of people there. <laughs> but it was, we it was were a Darahan family outing with one guest. Uh, we were on I my was land. Not invited, and we the dragon, nor and would I want thing. to have been. Uh, no, we didn't I invite agree. You. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't invite any of you. This was this was a Darahan false bar get together. Anyway. Otherwise, you know, he's he's pretty outgoing. He doesn't he can hold himself with like that noble regalness, but he tends not to because he spent a very long time thinking he wasn't going to really keep his title anymore. And otherwise, he kind of dresses like a druid. So he he has, you know, kind of nature inspired clothing like browns and greens. And um, he has his like holy symbol, I guess, holy symbol of the green faith, which is like a little man's face made out of, made out of oak leaves uh, that he wears around his neck. Um, and of course, he carries his rondolero gear so he's got you know a buckler which he's obviously not wearing it's like on his back and uh and his falchion he describes yeah. the old gods. well to be fair you are showing up here for a dinner party so i imagine oh. you're probably not fully bedecked in armor but then just kidding he's not wearing armor at all he's just wearing nice clothing he's keeping that secret of dragon armor for later that's <laughs> well, not a secret he, he's had that for a while but yeah you you hop out of the carriage you know smile probably pat your horse which I love peppercorn. You brought along, even though the horse isn't going to be staying here. The horse is going to be going back to town. That's fine. Um, I see those swans and I make a face, a scowl. I hate it. The carriage behind you uh, rolls up, opens up. The the door opens. Um, Hennessy stumbles stumbles drunkenly free of the carriage. (laughs) (laughs) Hennessy stumbles out with just an overloaded backpack, like one of those big hiking backpacks that you need, you know, like if you go trekking in like the far way and you're going to do like, you know, primitive camping and everything. And it's just tinkling, like, and jingling of, like, glass vials hitting each other as he stumbles out. I just look over. We're here for a party, man. And I brought the party with me. Oh, God. Come on. Uh, if you want to go ahead and give me a description for Hennessy, though. Yes. Uh, Hennessy is uh, most known for the Aslanti purple eyes of him and his house, Denzarni, um, and has uh, voluminous black hair that is kind of, like, you know, laid down, but in a nice wavy pattern. He's about five foot eleven. <laughs> pattern what? was a weird choice. Style. Style. Style, Jordan. Pattern, style, something. <laughs> you say pattern at all, I imagine he's kind of like frizzed or layered it like a like an 80s hair band. Which is <laughs> really <laughs> long. Uh, no, um, but uh, he's he's definitely um, a little inebriated. Um, this is probably, he's been traveling, so he's been bored and probably had nothing to do but drink, so uh, a little more than usual. Uh, but does have a nice, charming smile with immaculate white teeth that are just way too bright to be normal. Like there's definitely like, he's done some work. He's had some work done. 
Uh, skin has got a healthy tan <laughs> on it. Are there an abundance of dentists? Because in, in magical dentistry. There's this wonderful I'm sure alchemy there's called gotta toothpaste. be magical dentistry. But, uh, oh yeah, finish out his description. If you looked at his hands, you'd be able to see that he has uh, calluses and signs of small cuts and kind of faded burns from his work in alchemy. Mm. So you have a second to uh, to to get out your carriage, circling away as a uh, as Isidore carriage rolls up. You make your way out. Much more Spartan carriage design, more designed for hefty hey, hauling. Yeah. It's got the nice spikes on the wheels, so that you have to like, you know, if you need to like take out another uh, another carriage. Probably really far <laughs> less of that, and probably like a lot of clearance rack and hitch on the back, and all the rest of that stuff for like throwing large carcasses of various things on the top or the back of this carriage to take. Oh, it's a hunting carriage. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, it's got little arrow slits in the side of it. For your it's got those D rings, so you can tie something up. You know, it's true. Mm. Yes got a canoe on top of it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but Isidore, you, uh, I suppose, climb out, and if you want to go in, uh, Heather, if you want to go ahead and describe Isidore Darhan. Isidore, or Izzy, as all of his friends will be calling him. Nobody got to call him that on his one-on-one episode because those they people are him. not his friends. Um, Fair. He's a uh, tall, standing at just six feet, broad shoulders, and a muscular build. I have a strength of eighteen, and he looks like it. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> I'm just imagining like uh, like one of those guys that like flips tires in competitions, <laughs> just like bulk. <laughs> uh, Izzy has gray eyes, like pretty much every single Darahan. Um, his hair is black and is ridiculously long. He wears it in a braid that starts at the nape of his neck and goes down past his waist. That's an easy, Bra- grabbable target, Izzy. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> He would be wearing right now an extremely nice set of like hunting clothes. Forget noble frou-frou crap. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true Darhan. He wears a cloak that is made out of a lion skin. Um, The head of the lion comes across his up and across his left shoulder with the teeth acting as the clasp to hold it in place. He has a series of four parallel scars that start just under his left eye, barely missing it, going down across his neck and ends about halfway across his chest. But of course, he's wearing a shirt, so you guys can't see how far down it goes. Mm. Izzy is one of those people that looks way better when he's a bit disheveled, but he is put together right now. So it's like, mm. yeah, he's he's obviously he looks weird. Yeah, it looks out of place that you look like a battle scarred warrior, but you're <laughs> like fancy lad. His skin is tan because he spends all of his time outside hunting monsters or fighting orcs in his own territory. Boys here. And, um, yeah, he always has a five o'clock shadow. I like that Ross is sitting there like, just you wait. (laughs) (laughs) He wears breastplate uh, that's been tailor-made for him and wields a falchion, but he's not wearing those things. We're really best friends. Um, yep. which, is, which really oh, makes wait, I him... Oh, I have I entirely forgot who I am or what I'm doing. Just kidding. Ignore me. But yeah, Starts so he enough. doesn't look like thrilled to be here <laughs> as he climbs out of the carriage. He climbs out. Looks over at Albert. Uh, Albie, you son of a... And then does the predator. <laughs> 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 As Albie's like, sun's out, gun's Whoa. out. And then they just pull up their sleeves and show off yeah. their teeth straights. Oh That's what we do. <laughs> For sure. H- Hennessy, are you already drunk? No, I'm technically soused. It's one step away from drunk. He shrugs. <laughs> the next know. carriage pulls up. Door opens, and I suppose uh, Countess uh, Josephine Hescalar makes her way out, joining the, uh, the boys' party over here, as uh, I yes. suppose you join them. Uh, yes. Well, Countess Josephine Heskelar um, is probably dressed up in her finery, but I just assume that Heskelar finery also looks armored. 
because you never know what's going to happen in the Careerist Prefecture. I figure, actually, um, I figure the Hescalars probably invest a lot in glamoured armor. Mm, you know, the armor that you can just oh, yeah. make look like clothing and then it looks like armor. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. 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 Dance. But that's yeah. definitely going to be a thing. But uh, she exits her carriage uh, standing at about six feet tall, but she looks taller because she's wearing boots that give her a few extra inches. So she kind of ta- towers over the uh, current array of boys. Uh, and true. I've said that <laughs> Well, towers over by like an inch or two. That's like by an inch. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's more than I've ever been able to do in my life. Uh, <laughs> she has uh, long, dark hair that is probably down for once since we are attending a party. But normally she would have it braided or tied back in some way because she's one of those women who understand that you need to tie the hair back in order for it not to be in the way. Sure. She has olive skin and uh, cloudy eyes that are white over. Uh, she can see... Just put that out there, but uh, not well. About thirty mm-hmm. feet out, and it's it, it's like walking in Silent Hill. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that makes a certain oh, degree of it sense. It makes so much yeah. sense, and it's sad. Clouded sight, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. do it. So yeah, that's basically uh, her. It does but, come uh, with the benefit of dark vision, though. So yes, I do have dark vision. So if we're playing hide and seek at night, I rule. Uh, I, love, yeah, I love the idea that it's like you can't see in the li- and then the lights go out and you're like, oh, everything's so clear now. Yeah, I got like Riddick vision up in here. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of Riddick vision. We just need to get you uh, sunglasses so it's always night. <laughs> I, I assume she probably is wearing sunglasses just because um, she has been told that her eyes are a bit off-putting. Mm. Uh, but she's wearing uh, wearing a pair of shaded spectacles. Yes, so she is. Uh, uh, she probably just looks over at the three of you and just like smiles and shakes her head. <laughs> and the sea immediately runs up to you. Josephine, oh, I've missed you. The fifth carriage rolls up as uh, Lord uh, Vernon Kastner uh, makes his exit from his uh, his carriage, glancing over towards his uh, his friends, his compatriots. These literally, literally, yes, literally, counts and countesses of various <laughs> grand houses. As you're like, and I'm here. <laughs> also me. <laughs> Which one of these is not like the others? In more way than one. Uh, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and describe uh, Lord uh, Vernon Castor, the the cousin of a uh, our well known Gwyn, uh, Lord Vernon Castor does manage to stumble out of the carriage less because he seems to already be inebriated, and more because he is not very coordinated. Very clumsily exits as he stumbles down stupid boot before he lands, uh, standing before all of you at a stunning five foot ten. Okay. Which I think is technically the shortest member of the party at this We're point. We're a tall party. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his blonde hair goes down to his shoulders, uh, and he has a pair of merry blue eyes, which seem to almost sparkle in the sunlight. His face is clean shaven, um, and he has the pale appearance of uh, at least some of the castners. You can tell he's probably more of one of the indoor variety, much more than, say, Remillard or even Gwynwavar. <laughs> more of a kept man, as it were. Yes. Um, <laughs> he does have laugh lines, but at the moment he doesn't seem to currently be laughing. His <laughs> red coat uh, is rather formal and actually has tails down the back of it. He wears a pair of khaki trousers and a white dress shirt with a cravat. As he looks over all of you, ah, good. Everyone's here then. Are you okay? I I need to get new boots, but other than that, I'm doing fine. Thank you. What is wrong with the boots? <laughs> they look fine. They keep getting stuck in things. I was having problems riding earlier as well. The- ah. As we all just nod because we know Vernon is really clumsy, but don't <laughs> say anything about it. <laughs> you know? 
But uh, still, it's it's wonderful to see all of you again. Um, fortunately, this seems to be much more of a friendly opportunity than most of ours, so I'm actually rather looking forward to it. It might be a bit boring in that case. What do you think of our host? Uh, Romario, I'm on the fence about, actually, if I'm quite to be completely honest. He has his moments, but other times I feel he seems to be... A bit of a... Greedy? A little, uh, quick to anger. Anger? Izzy, I think, is the closest to it, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but all of these things might, might apply in certain circumstances. I didn't get any of that, but maybe he was just scared of me. Maybe. Maybe he was on his best behavior because you're a lady. Also, maybe. I mean, if you could call me that. I, yes, please? (laughs) I don't know. At times he seemed fine, but at others, he wasn't particularly concerned about his current living family, which struck me as somewhat, well, gauche. He didn't even mention family to me. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. Oh, he mentioned family, but it was all about his old family and getting back his property. Well, Mm. yes, the whole honor thing. I'll tell you, an intelligent sword that used to serve as paladin ancestor says his heart's not worthy of wielding it. Wait, you found an intelligent magical item? (gasps) Where did you bring it? He has it. Oh. (laughs) Well, that would make sense. I mean, it does belong to his ancestors, after all. He had to bargain with it for it to even come back with him. (laughs) Well, at least least it has good taste. It's Uh. not exactly a good sign in his favor. Well, perhaps Uh. we should be... I know Marilla would like a report from all of us, so maybe we could save the extra details for that. Hmm. We'll have a chance to talk with her individually, I hope. All right, well, let's go in then. Uh, Well, I suppose we should probably go inside, yes, or... Yeah, Did we have anything else to cover out here? I'm okay that. with staying out here. <laughs> well, the sooner we go in, the sooner it's over. I didn't think that we signed up for a garden party out front, so I think we should take this party to the bag. For the love of the gods. <laughs> Izzy starts walking towards the manor. <laughs> my lady, I offer my arm to you, Josephine. How many times do I have to tell you? Just call me Joe. I mean, obviously, but I'm being like, I'm doing like a thing here. The formality is appreciated. A lot of nicknames in this group. Yeah. We're cool. This group is chill. These are the cool kids. They wear their hats backwards. <laughs> these, these are, this is what happens when you have a party whose backstory is, and they've known each other their entire lives, basically. Uh, yeah. Yep. Everybody's got a nickname. <laughs> we all do in our group. Yeah. <laughs> you Wait, gather yourselves. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. You're the paladin. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that was the, the nickname. I thought that was yeah. the title. And then Heather is Hever. <laughs> uh, Hever is Hever, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I suppose you gather yourselves and make your way up towards the estate. As you approach the front door, the door opens. A uh, you guys either footman or uh, or butler. Judging by the fact that again this is a a rented country estate, you're going to guess that this is probably local staff that he's hired on for entertaining now, um, mm. as opposed to actually staff that he has hired. The man bows you in, uh, informs you that the uh, the lord is currently in the sitting room, um, and will see you quite shortly. Stepping inside, you enter into a a small entry area. Uh, These beautiful white and black marble tiles line the entryway, where the gentleman follows you in, takes your coats, and uh, hangs them before leading you into a beautiful open hall. The floor here is covered in a, a gold and purple area rug that runs the outside, whereas the checkered pattern of black and white marble continues to lead up to a large set of st- stairs that leads to the second floor, uh, where you can see the second floor landing overlooks down on this first floor. 
Uh, you can see a number of doors that lead off of this. However, he then leads you to a side door. Nox raps politely on that and then uh, opens the door to allow you access to the sitting room beyond. The room here is comfortably appointed. It's a rather large room, comfortably appointed with bay windows that overlook the surrounding grounds, uh, these beautiful manicured lawn, and enough seating in here for comfortably seven, uh, mm. although there are only six of you in total. Well, that makes sense. A fireplace burns off towards the side, uh, staving off the cool air that's uh, already steadily begun to seep in, although it's cool by Taldane standards, which means that it's like in the 60s. Mm. Mm. But that's Taldor, so they're like, well, let's go ahead and light it's the fire. It's me for a Heskalar. <laughs> yep. Um, off towards the side is a large bookcase uh, full of various games, since this is Taldor and everyone loves their mm. board games. We love a this board true. game. As all the chairs are arranged in roughly a somewhat circular, kind of a sitting area arrangement, a circular area. Uh, and as you enter, you see uh, Romario is already there before you. Again, as described previously, he's a man of uh, average height and build uh, with uh, auburn hair shortcut and a well-trimmed auburn beard. Wearing what seems to be kind of his uh, his preferred fashion, as each of you have seen him in a noble's outfit of uh, red and gold before. Although this is a different noble's outfit than you'd seen him in previously. The man turns and gives a wide smile, spreading his arms to welcome you in. My noble lords and ladies, thank you all for traveling uh, once again uh, to meet with me. I'm so pleased to see you all here. We could hardly refuse such a kind summons. And we have to know how the story ends. Well, I would, uh, I would very much hope that it will end in, uh, in our success um, and a continued friendship between uh, all of us, as I have uh, had the wonderful opportunity to meet with each of you individually. And uh, Lady Merla had informed me that you were all old friends, so I thought that this would be a prime opportunity for, uh, for you to catch up with one another. Uh, so mm. please, please, come in. Uh, have a seat. How wonderful. Of course. I suppose we'll all take a seat. I mean, I'll be able to take a seat. Yeah. I glance over at Izzy yeah. like this guy. Yeah, and Izzy nods. <laughs> you spend the next, uh, honestly, you actually spend about the next couple of hours just uh, catching up with one another. You hadn't seen one another for some time. Bantering back and forth, going over uh, what's really been going on in your lives recently. As uh, again, all of you do live somewhat scattered, even though you do stay in good contact with one another. Mm -hmm. It's kind of rare for you to all be able to be in one place at one time. Mm. Izzy so regales everyone about with the Albert hunt he just completed before coming here. Oh, nice. Romario does a lot of that, like, uh, you know, laughing kind of long thing. And that the, when you're doing the all sad these, thing like, when you see a group of friends and there's that one guy that never kept up with yeah. everybody. And it's yeah. like, oh, I kind of wonder if Lady Marilla actually told him how close all of us are. If he <laughs> just thought, oh, they're just, you know, friends. No, people. No, we're a. Uh, <laughs> We're very really good friends. I was going to say, there's a lot of letters <laughs> passed between all of us. You've brought yes, yourself as very the third so. wheel to this party of five. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If you've ever seen how, how much the uh, the founding fathers wrote to each other, it's it's basically like that. <laughs> Look, we're the founding fathers? <laughs> so well, weird. Saying, they I had, a, they lot, they had like, a lot of correspondence between right, all they of do. them. They had but a, they like, were a all friends. There was a lot of like arguing and such. My own brain went to uh, to the Lovecraft circle, but I suppose mm. that's yes. just kind of the different of how we think. First off, you always have Lovecraft on the brain, Rick. So that was well. Very, I was just going to say, as far, when people are talking letters, he is the second most prolific writer in human history. Mm, true, true. Wow. Only after Voltaire, who is the most <laughs> prolific writer in yeah, human history. Voltaire. Izzy would be down with exchanging fanfic stories with everybody, like the Lovecraft Circle did. <laughs> you know? oh my God. That's basically what Jessica and I did for a long time. That's true. Although Albie's not You a settle in here, the servants bring in a variety of different snacks. There is uh, some fine liquor that he has provided, um, hmm. brought uh, from as far away as the Five Kings Mountains and near Mathis. 
uh, all of well, it of exquisite taste. <laughs> As the evening starts to draw on, Romario uh, waits for a natural kind of break in the uh, the discussion before uh, standing to his feet. The servants will shortly see us through to the uh, the dining room, where I suppose we can enjoy a fine dinner together. But I did want to take an opportunity to uh, speak with all of you in the study. Uh, go over a few matters. Right. All right. Well, he leads the way back out of this room and then uh, over into the study, uh, which is, again, itself a rather spacious uh, affair, kind of a study and library combined uh, with mm. a large desk set off towards the side. Again, this is not his actual manor house. Um, and so... It's kind of when you go to like an Airbnb and everything is kind of staged. Like no one mm. would actually live this way. It's, it was, it's, it's a little too neat and too tidy and too clean. Yeah. Well, it, no one that has ever lived has had this collection of books mm. that ah. have never been read on one shelf. Oh, yeah. The like side. the spines aren't even bent or anything. Yeah. yeah. Such a waste. They bought the books for the spine color to match the decor. Oh, yeah. They've all, they're all color coordinated, you know. Upon the desk of this room as you enter is a, you would say, an extraordinarily curious and eclectic collection of things. First, there is a bust of this severe and powerful-looking woman that if you kind of squint, you can see that there's a certain sort of family resemblance between uh, her and Romario, who is here with you. She seems, she's very cool. This piercing gaze, the bottom of the bust, emblazoned with this eye of Aridin. Next to that is a sword, a beautiful long sword. The light seems to almost kind of catch on the side of it and cause the gemstones in its grip to glint. And the light seems to play over uh, this Pegasus design that forms the pommel of the bottom of this beautiful long sword. Next to that is a somewhat battered, um, and by that I would mean almost half destroyed, Clockwork Owl, hmm. which perches on one foot. Ah, Amantius. Next to this is a large trunk uh, with a number of journals, letters collected inside of it, uh, mm. all perfectly, almost as if done by a professional librarian, cataloged and mm. organized inside of this trunk. <laughs> ah, that must be That seems very Vernon. <laughs> ah, yes, my work is done. Finally, at the edge of this table are a, uh, a number of helmets, three in total. These battered, rusted, old helmets that have been collected, these war trophies from uh, a treasonous group of uh, Taldane soldiers, of uh, which you may eventually find out. As you step in, you find that you're actually probably giving some of you pause, interrupting a conversation as the sword appears to have been in the process of talking, which gives all of you somewhat pause. The sword seems to have been in the process of carrying on a conversation with this clockwork owl, which was also talking. All right, Rick, it's time. It's time for character voices. Hey, Glory, how are you? Ah, the Darahan. I'm pleased to see you once again, and you've brought others. Yeah, these are my closest friends. Quick uh, round table for me. We'll start with Jessica. Go around the table. Uh, Jessica, alignment. Oh, neutral good. Jordan? True neutral. I'm neutral Heather, good. Heather, I already know neutral good. Yeah. Rachel? I am also neutral good. Uh, Vernon's alignment is chaotic good. Oh, oh wow. Interesting party mix. <laughs> <laughs> so you have some interesting friends. We're definitely a group. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's something with the hmm that the sword gives that you think some of you are okay. <laughs> Hennessy. It's probably the chaotic ones. That no. It's like, mm, uh, mm. The neutral one that has no good attached. Yep. <laughs> has the bird been amended at all? Like, has he been fixed or is he still? The best that you were able to, which be a staple. I'm still missing a wing. Oh, Amantius. I'm sorry to see you haven't been more repaired since our last meeting. Josephine. 
It's yes. good to see you. This is Glory, friend. There's this chirping sound that keeps coming from this strange clockwork owl. Huh. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Glory and uh, Amantios have both been able to provide me with some uh, <laughs> some wonderful uh, first person accounts of my <laughs> ancestor. So um, I suppose now it's time to simply uh, tell a bit of a story, I suppose. I think each of you had received uh, some in passing, but I have been able to, between the two of them, as well as the letters that we've retrieved um, and the other matters that we've accumulated, um, paint a story. I was going to say, how did this bust that I recovered come into this? <laughs> it helped in mine. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. He gestures for all of you to, uh, to take a seat here, pulling up chairs. Between all of us, we were able to accumulate the information that, uh, that I was hoping to be able to find. Of course, each of you possess some of this knowledge, but perhaps not all of it. Um, so let me simply say that, uh, again, I'd started with our trip to Opara, uh, where I'd met Hennessy, I believe you'd, uh, you'd insist that I call you. Yes. There we had uh, traveled to the Basilica of the Last Man, uh, which had seen more tourists than worshippers since the death of Aridin, uh, but still provides... Uh, uh, some service for the uh, the Aridonites, as well as a place for uh, various relics of theirs to gather dust. He and I were able to retrieve this bust. He gestures towards the bust, an object made in recognition of my ancestors' accomplishments. Uh, this had led me to follow that same line, what had led to her being uh, so recognized. Countess Onari Alcosti had joined the Taldane Phalanx at the age of 20, earned renown for six years, especially when she had led her troops uh, and her squire, Syagra Tetranella, into the Viridian forest to rout out bandits and deserters that were hiding behind the uh, protection of the Wildwood Pact. Mm. This had led me to, of course, travel to the Viridian forest with the uh, aid of uh, Count Albert, and we had managed to uh, retrieve a first-person account there uh, from a sentient darkwood tree, uh, if you'll believe it. Hmm. It told us uh, very interesting stories and pointed out a location that we could find. These, he pats some of the rusted helmets, relics left over from her campaign. Intriguing. And for her actions there, uh, within the force, she was blessed by the Church of Aridin, um, not only with this bust commemorating the event, but also with me. The sword chimes <laughs> in. I am Soldier's Glory. It is a pleasure to meet all of you, mm. forged by the High Priest of the Temple of Aridin to serve at the side of the Paladin of Aridin, Lady Onara Alcosti. Fascinating. Onari and I served side by side for many years. She was a unique figure. And unfortunately, you see Romario kind of uh, glance off a little bit sheepishly. None in the family have quite matched her worthiness to put me to use. Mm. Hence the need to negotiate for him to even for her to even talk to him, I'm imagining. I'm just imagining Gloria's female, I have no idea. The voice does appear to be feminine. Okay. Hey, but you found AF. It's true. And I do hope to return to the young uh, firebrand once my business here is concluded. Mm. I give a quizzical look. Yeah, like what? <laughs> uh, yes. Taldor's old rival, um, Kadira, as all of you know, had uh, led an invasion against Taldor in 4079. And Taldor's western provinces had then declared their independence in uh, 4081, the even-tongued rebellion, as we all no doubt know, uh, creating this war on Izzy's two fronts. eyes start to glaze over as family history that he's, that's been beaten into his head since he was a child starts to get repeated. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'd imagine the Kastner kind of uh, shifts at the whole mm, even-tongued rebellion. Mm, yep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, Countess Anaria uh, was then only uh, 32 
but was uh, named general uh, during the Eventung Rebellion uh, on the Andoran Front. Uh, her former squire, Tetranella, mm. uh, now served as a knight in her service. Oh, good for her. Anaria was well-known and renowned for her actions on the campaign, and after defeating an enemy battalion in the conquest, Anaria turned her opponents to her cause by uh, treating her prisoners with dignity and respect. It was perhaps her proudest moment. The sword chimes in. Her tactics were masterful, and yet uh, all of her skill could not make up for the insufficient resources, the shortages of supplies, and after ten years, the war was lost, and Chiliax gained its independence. Mm. Yes. The sword chimes in again. There were even some during the time that believed that uh, Taldor only lost the war because Lady Alcasti was not allowed to uh, put to use her masterful tactics. Mm. And perhaps the even-tongued conquest could have been averted. But unfortunately, her career came to an end only ten years after she had achieved the rank of general. Mm. Romario takes a sip of tea, sets it down. In the aftermath of the war... Um, the Emperor of Taldor sought scapegoats to bear the shame of their defeat and stripped numerous noble families of their titles and lands, including my own. This was after Onaria dared to critique the crown's strategy, a baroness under her rule. Italy's. There's a chime from the owl. Italy's. Yes, Italy's. Italy's Sanabri, a prominent advisor to the crown as well, a senator in addition to their position as baroness. Uh, pushed for her to be stripped of her lands. Mm. Italis was worried. Alcasti, Anaria, spoke against the crown. The emperor sentenced my family, as all of you know, to the life of common people. After the crown stripped this decorated veteran of her lands and titles, she returned back to her former lands, and the new tenants, House Sinabri, which were raised to be the counts of our county, were willing to provide her a small hovel in the shadow of the World's Edge Mountains. Most of my family, including Anaria's dear cousin, Janaris, left Taldor and settled in the new upstart nation of Andoran. Hmm. I had learned, thanks to my small friend here, he nods down towards the owl, that Countess Anaria Casti's downfall did not affect her alone. Sagra Tetranella, Anaria's comrade-in-arms, kept in touch with her friend and mentor, always holding out faith that the Empire would come around to its senses, that my family would be restored back to the honor they deserved, exonerated. However, even as Taldor gained a new Emperor, Lady Tetranella's pleas fell on death ears. And then after 30 years, Anaria died ignobly. Anaria Alcasti was a beloved figure to the common people of Taldor, and was allowed to be the last of my family buried in our ancestral crypts. Her effects were sent to her family in Andoran. Janaris was given a collection of the Alcasti family heirlooms, including some of Anaria's correspondences in her personal journal. He pats the box. And with the help of Lord Kastner, I was able to travel to Andoran to retrieve the journal and, uh, thanks to his masterful skill, able to catalog them into a more of a chronological collection something that would be of more interest in a museum more widely known than the uh, collection of my dear cousin, who unfortunately passed away, uh, as we learned when Lord Kastner and I arrived in Andoran and found my cousin's home occupied by a small group of... Uh, revolutionary kobolds. Yes, oh. revolutionary kobolds, I believe, was the, the term there. Those hmm. words don't seem to go together very well. They had taken 
quite a cue from both Galt and Andoran and some, to some sort of strange synthesis of the two philosophies. Did they have a guillotine? <laughs> no, actually, they did not. Though they did chop me with a spear at one point. That was mm. not neighborly of them. Yes, uh, the peaceable sort afterwards. But uh, yes, they seem to have uh, uh, decided to shake off the yoke of their kobold kings and uh, and rise up in democracy. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, good for them, but... I wish them the best. Not the see, see the alternate you. ending to Crown of the Kobold King. <laughs> <laughs> it was really Kobolds. funny to talk about that during that particular adventure. <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh, I bet that was amazing. There's a reason I picked Ross for that one. <laughs> I was going to say, the, syner- the synergy of the, of the timing of recording those is hilarious. So good. Uh, fortunately, we were able to recover these notes and, uh, and learn a great deal pertaining towards Anaria. Hmm. Anaria was not buried with all of her effects, however. Firstly, the sword chimes in. I do not like to be referred to as an effect. (laughs) It's Lady Glory. Lady Glory would be acceptable. Soldier's Glory would also be fine. Mm. No, I did not uh, relish the idea of spending the rest of my existence inside of a sarcophagus until it was looted by some sort of 'er ne'er-do-well millennia down the line. Mm. Understandable. An adventurer, you say? Heaven forbid. (laughs) I had decided that I would wait until another Alcosti Rose that had the, shall we simply say, temperament to bear me honorably on the field of battle once again. Hmm. Why do I feel like that's not Romario? (laughs) And after a few centuries, I fell into a bit of a torpid sleep. Hmm. Uh, Yes, unfortunately, I had believed that her magic had faded. And uh, as I was in need of funds, shall we say, a few years back, I had parted with her. What? Sold me would be a more accurate statement. <laughs> Albie looks fully shocked. Hennessy <laughs> looks also like, you fool. And then You I sold it. her. That was stupid. Uh, yes, in, in <laughs> retrospect. Joe's got it. Joe's got it right there. Jonas, it did up? appear to be. Unfortunately, uh, I was unaware exactly of, uh, of how stupid of an idea that was, which did, of course, require both the uh, uh, Lord Darhan and myself to travel and speak with Lady uh, Ghazali in the uh, city of Omos, uh, traveling all the way down into the uh, the blasted desert lands of Kadira to uh, hmm. retrieve um, glory. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Darhan more retrieved me. Uh, I do believe he gave a rousing speech or something in the background while he did the business that was. <laughs> he gave a little party inspiration. As he smirks and rem- remembers how much he loves this sword. <laughs> and there I did, shall we say, awaken from my torpid sleep after I'd met the young lord of House Ghazali, Ayef. Unfortunately, I may have convinced the uh, the 15 year old boy that uh, he was old enough to be an adventurer and he may have gotten a little in over his head. But the spirit is there, and that is what is important. Hmm. I got to kill a giant scorpion. Oh, hmm. nice. Well, that seems novel. <laughs> yes. Um, and now Soldier's Glory has returned um, to the noble house of Ocasti. With the understanding, the that sword chimes she'll in. she'll be sent back to AF after your meeting with Princess Utropia. As I have chosen my new wielder, and he is the noble sword. Mm. Not just in name, but in spirit. <laughs> As she just, as, as the sword just backhands Romario. <laughs> it sounds like a bit of self-reflection is in order if you are not worthy to hold the sword. <laughs> uh, yes, I do understand. Romario is not an evil soul, and I can sense that. Hmm. He is simply not worthy. Technically, <laughs> and I do not mean this is any insult. None of you are. Eh, fair enough. 
<laughs> as she will only function for a lawful good user. <laughs> and, and, yeah. As uh, Hennessy, Hennessy just says, too right. You are particularly unworthy. <laughs> we all knew that. That's not surprising. Worthiness is different in everyone's eyes. It's fine. It's fine. You are unworthy to wield me. I mean, I could have told you that. <laughs> Uh, regardless, um, again, uh, Soldier's Glory was uh, was not buried with my ancestor, um, and mm. instead she was buried with honor. Unfortunately, I did not learn until later, um, thanks to the journals that we had retrieved, thanks to the letters that we had retrieved um, in Andoran, um, the exact location of the tomb. Uh, but we were able to determine from uh, both the letters that Lady Tetranella uh, sent, informing my my too many accounts great uncle of the passing of my uh, too many counts great-grandmother uh, the location of the tomb and uh, since that was in the world's edge mountains in the Carreras prefecture uh, I was able to uh, join uh, who will hopefully be he gestures in the direction of uh, Josephine eventually uh, this member of my sovereign house uh, as far as once my family's restored to their names um, being that they were the counts of uh, uh, prefecture in Carreras uh, Ah, uh, that's why he was so different around you. Because he was sucking up. Yep. We found the tomb there and journeyed within. Unfortunately, the tomb had obviously already, uh, many of the guardians had already been defeated. As we had determined afterwards that uh, Syagra had um, Taken her murdered. <laughs> Chimes like in the, the owl. owl. The owl murdered. is super blunt and I love it. Syagra murdered Italy's. Oh. Goodness. Oh, well. Wonderful. In a duel yes. or just in the street, cold-blooded? Um, decapitated her and put her on a silver platter as an offering to Anaria. Oh, gods. That's a choice. Yes. I think it was years of resentment, considering Italis is the one who uh, told on Anaria's. And received the county in exchange for it. Ah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Huh. Because, uh, dang. Italy's not bad. Italy's. Yes, it would seem that Zagra uh, swore vengeance for her friend and uh, found Countess Italy's Sinopri and slew her. Hmm. She made her way back to the Alcasti family crypts, um, entered it with the key that she was entrusted with, uh, slew the guardians of the crypt and delivered Countess Italy's head to the foot of the sarcophagus for Anaria. It was then that uh, Sagra was uh, attacked. Uh, he gestures down towards the clockwork owl. Amantius attempted to uh, seek his own revenge for his friend Italis. Mm. Ah, okay. Misguided, but that was after centuries of reflection. Mm. She was your friend. It is understandable. Yes. Um, and unfortunately left uh, uh, Mantius here in the, uh, the sad state that you see him. And uh, unfortunately, it was only uh, thanks to the uh, the skills, the abilities, uh, as it were, of uh, uh, Countess Hescalar that we were able to uh, um, even approach, as apparently clockwork devices such as this seem to be capable of uh, spitting acid and uh, um, using wands to spit even further acid, uh, which um, huh. um, seemed to around like malfunctioned. He's a clockwork familiar. He is a yep. clockwork familiar, I bet, Kitty. yeah. I figured. Yep, they, they come in other shapes than catfish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, the uh, the final legacy for that was um, we did retrieve the skull of uh, of Lady Italis of uh, House Sanabri and returned her back to her family. And that is that. And the full story of the noble Countess Sonaria. And I was only able to find this full story thanks to all of you. 
and I just wanted to have an opportunity to, to thank you all. I hope that when I have the opportunity to present this story tomorrow, that the princess will see that a great injustice has been done, not just to Countess Onaria, but to the entirety of the Casti family, stripping us of our lands, stripped us of the opportunities that we would have had to serve Taldor, to improve the nation. How many other Onarias were born to my family line that were never able to pursue the same course that their ancestor did. It took a great deal of, uh, of time and money and um, uh, blood, sweat, and tears from, uh, from I believe, all of us uh, to accomplish this task. I did bleed quite a bit, oh. yes. I had a I pleasant bled. hike, honestly. <laughs> yes, I will say that, um, that my time with uh, Count Falspar was much more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Even if those trees do murder to my allergies. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Oh no. Wow. Um Albie rolls a twenty for a twenty-six. Not twenty on that. Dang, uh Hennessy hey. rolls an eleven for an eighteen. Izzy only rolls a six, but it gets him a fifteen. Alright. Josephine got a one for a nine. Mm. <laughs> Vernon also rolls a six for a fourteen. So you have a moment to kind of take this in. Albert, up until recently there's been a steady chirping of insects beyond the large windows in the yard outside that it's suddenly gone quiet. Uh-oh. It's mm. then that you realize you'd seen the occasional movement outside beyond the large glass window, which shines out into the courtyard outside now gone so dark, so dark that you cannot see other than the, the rectangle of light formed by the window here. Things have gone too quiet after a moment all of you hear a shout from outside almost a cry of surprise oh no standing to your feet a few moments later you hear a voice shouting from somewhere outside of the structure Romario I know that you're in there what you didn't think that you could avoid us forever did you the hells is this friends of yours I assume the masked marquis will have his due. Who is that? Pay up now or suffer the consequences. <laughs> what? I will give you a few minutes to scrape your gold together. Um, um armor is what we need, I think. Honesty is what we need. Anyone that has, shall we say a little knowledge local, I will allow you to go ahead and roll. I have a small bit of that. I did not kill it. I rolled a four for a six. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess it's up to Vernon to save us with a 17 for a 25. I'll remind you, I'm mostly a horse lad. I'm, I'm not really in cities all that often. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Always trust the bard. Again, bard, you never have to have we one. But it's always useful it's always to, have to have one. Bard. You always want one. The Kastners one. are the best. <laughs> <Yeah. Woo! laughs> They're all bards, so they could be useful. Go team Kastner. Nice. Uh, oh, fuck. Me. Well, that was the a caster lot. has a realization as uh, <laughs> as again Romario begins to dart his eyes around. Romario, what the f- did you do? Ooh, Vernon swearing. This is good. He never um, swears. How interesting. The vast marquis is only the leader of the bloody brotherhood of silence. Oh, what the wow. f- is wrong with you? Um, I. I will say I did need a fair amount of funds, obviously, oh, as you no. saw me uh, putting to good use. And so I may have made a certain 
uh, withdrawal. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't able to get um, my appointment um, before. My gosh. I suppose the time has come to collect. I don't know how they found me. You're not exactly subtle. I mean, you did rent this whole place out. <laughs> it's the Brotherhood of Silence. I, of course they found you. <laughs> I can't. Why? I was going to have one fine adventure where we didn't have to fight anybody and nothing <laughs> bad was going to happen. And here we are. Vernon, Vernon, breathe. Breathe. Here's someone a bag. get him a drink and someone else get me my armor. Don't get him a drink. He's already clumsy enough. Well, he obviously needs something to take the edge off. Okay, fine. But we do need well, armor I guess for sure. The, we need to discuss uh, fight or flight. Fight. A fight? Fight, obviously. Oh, good Rollin' Of course it's fight. It's always fight. Excellent. You had to ask if I was going to fight? How drunk are you already, Hennessy? <laughs> I mean, Romario may have disagreed. He's not crying. <laughs> I, um, I would like Josephine to go to the window and, like, subtly look out, because I do have dark vision. <laughs> you do have dark vision. Unfortunately, they don't appear to be within 30 feet of the, okay. the window right now. Mm. All right, well, I figure just look anyway. Romario, what was that you were trying to say? Oh. Uh, I, 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 will, I will default to, uh, to whatever you think is the best course of action here. How much uh, do again, you owe them? Um, something in the neighborhood of uh, about 25,000. Oh, and God. you were throwing platinum pieces around like they were coppers? And offering over 100,000 for a bust? Again, once I am restored to my position of You don't uh, even know honor. if that's going to happen. Well, that's also not how it works. Details. I don't think we... Details. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We <laughs> At the moment, I don't think we have much time to discuss this. If all of you want to, you can easily run upstairs to where your rooms are. Yeah, mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to come with me and somebody's going to have to come with Joe because we need help getting I'll our go armor on. I'll go with Izzy and we'll put the armor on. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with just like, Quick, stall for 10 minutes so we can go get all Someone of our stuff. Someone needs to figure out how many men we are dealing with. Uh, I, I suppose I can go and uh, I'll try shouting through the front door and see if I can't maybe negotiate some more time. Vernon, go with him and make sure he doesn't get shot. Right. And maybe lock the door. Oh, yes, of course. Make sure all of the servants are inside and safe. Before we get fully going, um, stand still for just a moment. Uh, for I figure it's going to be best if I do this on Izzy and Albie. Um, I will cast heroism upon each of you. Hey, fun! Nice. So those are my second level Excellent. spells for the day, but, hey. you, you know, enjoy. <laughs> Good times. I will enjoy. Ah, I what, love what is, when uh, we get what to have an adventure with Vernon. Um, instrument like what is how does he uh do bardic uh i sing although if there's a piano nearby i could get on that real quick wheel <laughs> <laughs> out the grand piano through the door as you start playing as like it wheels to the side and the rest of us charge forward i'm very disappointed i did not include an organ in here anyway oh my god so, yeah. that would be glorious to have you come out on a piano the, like it's elton john man the whole time everyone's fighting you have a moment to uh to gather yourselves, to basically, to quickly rush upstairs, you throw on your armor, uh, not hastily don, you just uh, regularly don your armor, uh, march your way back downstairs. Vernon, in the meantime, you stand downstairs with uh, Romario, again, trying to have kind of this conversation through the door. <laughs> Apparently, these people are uh, are kind of at the their limit as far as uh, his excuses <laughs> for why he hasn't paid back the Brotherhood of Silence. 
God, that's crazy. This guy is so... Of all groups he could have borrowed <sighs> money from. The Brotherhood of Silence? What an idiot. Directly from the Masked Marquis. I mean, my God. I have to say, Literally there's got to be more, well, less violent ways to borrow money. I mean, have you guys seen the interest rates at the Temple of Abadar lately? No, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> if if Romario isn't around, I figure <laughs> Josephine kind of leans in and is like, he does not deserve a title after this. Are we in agreement? Oh, of course. course not. I was in agreement the second the sword basically called him a. He called <laughs> the druids of the Wildwood tree huggers. He yelled at the man who was organizing the reliquary whenever one of his things were, wasn't there. I wish I were there right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this. I think we're, we're all hastily donning and gossiping at the same time. <laughs> he was very nice to me, but I think that's because he would have been on my lands. And you're pretty. And you're an extremely attractive woman. Well, he didn't seem to have any interest in me either. <laughs> he does have a 17 charisma. I mean, he is very charming and attractive. Man. I mean, yeah, like the guy's got some charisma, man. Oh, he has more charisma than I do. <laughs> I think I'm the least cute of the party with my 10 charisma. Izzy has a 10 as well, just because okay, cool. he's so gruff and doesn't care. I have, a I have a 20. Okay, the two of us. You gather yourselves. I suppose march your way back downstairs as uh, Romario and Vernon kind of meet you at the bottom of the stairs. Um, well, right. uh, it appears that they are not willing to negotiate. We weren't expecting yes, them Yes, yes. <laughs> there are a handful of them up front. Uh, it looks to be about uh, three or so. Um, but the door is locked. There's you a click sound as the front door unlocks. <laughs> there's <laughs> brotherhood <laughs> I just put a hand on Izzy's shoulder. Like, take a breath. It's fine. The three cloaked figures walk mm. into the room. Each of them bearing the the gray robes, the mask pulled up over the lower portion of their face that all of you as players are so familiar with. Yeah, mm -hmm. these guys. As they step forward, one of them steps ahead, a taller man than the other two. We've come to collect Alcosti. I do not know who the rest of you all are, but my business is only with Romario. Well, you picked the wrong night to do that because we're all here, and we can't just let you murder him or take him to do and whatever he's a bit you of an but I'm not going to let you kidnap someone. I greatly appreciate this this ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can see that we're all very salty at the moment to have to do this. Impressions are important, and apparently you failed at several. <laughs> I mean, he's fine. Um, I think your business, notwithstanding, ours is somewhat more immediate and pressing. I do not see a large chest of gold in front of me, Romario. About that, um, <laughs> another month or so, and I should be able to provide at least, I was told 20% would immediately be necessary, um, and we'll be able to provide, that was five months ago. Oh, oh, oh my Jeez. God. Oh, this man is so Seren dead. Ray, give me strength. If you had come to us a month late, we could have simply settled it with a finger or two. Now, however. It's the whole hand. I will require your heart in payment. Ooh. Dang. What are you going to do with his heart? You don't want to know. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to know what a cult of Norgamer can do with a human heart. I was going to say. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The three figures draw their blades. Um, I suppose all of you turn and draw your own. Ah, oh, yeah. Gods. Hey, I didn't get to do combat the first time. I'm yeah, excited. now you get to actually do some combat. I'm going to find oh, out how this goodness. druid fighter combo works. And uh, I will need initiative from the party. <laughs> Gracious me. 
Man. He Gods. borrowed all of the money that he used. Oh my gosh. I mean, he didn't even spend any money, but we were in a tomb, so he didn't he need it. He spent money renting horses and stuff. This guy is bad at life. All right. So cue up a little sirenscape here. Sirenscape. Pay your money, lenders. <laughs> <laughs> Don't borrow from thieves. Don't borrow from a group called the Brotherhood of Silence. No one else would yep. lend him money. This is how he that, ended up That's here. what it really is. I guarantee you nobody else would lend him that kind of money. I'll be rolled a whopping six for an eight. Mm, that's bad. Uh, Hennessy rolls a 13 for a 15. Mm. Uh, Izzy rolls an 18 for a one. Uh, an 18 for a one? An 18 for a one? 18 for an eight, a nine... I can't talk. 18 for a 19 because I have a okay, one initiative and my like, brain is not working. 17 initiative? Yes, <laughs> really I thought I that was is, clumsy. That is, Jeez, so much, that is so much armor. How do you have a negative four dexterity? <laughs> <laughs> Josephine? Uh, Josephine got a nine for a 10. And uh, Vernon got a seven for a 12. I am very jumpy. Hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and begin some combat. Give you guys a chance to fight as a team. Oh, good. You're fine. You're Ross fine. is like, I remember the way this fight worked last time. <laughs> I got stabbed by so many spears. It was great. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the first of the Silent Brothers who get the highest initiative. Well, you know, rogues. Um, so the Silent Brother will go ahead and move 30 feet forward, mm. uh, drawing a dagger with his offhand as he closes. Uh, he flips this around, grabs it by the point, and hurls. I was going to say, I can't even see him, so. It's going to be a lot of penalties from throwing that dagger. Yeah, and unfortunately, even then he's 35 feet away, he's out of sneak attack range. Ha ha ha. I believe Isidore looks to be the uh, lightest armored. What I mean, I'm wearing? wearing breastplate. I'm also wearing breastplate. Oh, then Albie's, uh, Albie's just kind of looks like a weird dragon leather armor thing. I can't thing, wear so metal, okay. <laughs> Uh, so unfortunately, that's going to be a lower roll, but uh, the dagger flies end over in, uh, unfortunately, uh, 16 to hit you flat-footed. Uh, no, that does not hit me uh, flat-footed. Okay. Uh, so again, this dagger wills end over end before kind of thunking the point in, but not managing to penetrate through the uh, the dragon scale armor you're wearing. Taking us from there to Isidore. All right. Well, first things first. Um... I'm going to Rage. use my. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to use my uh, touch of flame ranger ability to get to make my falchion flaming for the next minute. Okay. Cool. So you focus. You drag your hand along the blade. It bursts into flames. After that, I think I'm just going to move 20 feet forward because that's with my armor. That's as fast as I can go. Mm. I know. Me too. It sucks. So Isidore's sword bursts into flames, and he begins to close on the silent cultists, uh, taking us from there to the next of them. This one will also go ahead and move up, also drawing a dagger in his offhand before flipping that around and hurling that at the closer target of uh, Isidore, although unfortunately he has moved now and so he's not flat-footed. Mm. Uh, and that unfortunately, that is only a nine. No, that's not going to hit me. So you managed to duck out of the way of this. Again, Josephine, you're completely unaware of like where these enemies even are. There's just suddenly daggers flying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Skips off of Isidore's armor and flies past Hennessy to thunk into the uh, the guard rail for the stairs. Um, as again, you're here in this large open entry hall, as it were. There's the entryway and then the large hall, uh, which is quite spacious. Taking us from the Silent Brother to Romario. Ah, well, I... You are all both noble and title and spirit. Thank you all, of course, for coming to my aid in my hour of need. I am certain that the Taldor's finest will uh, will overcome this uh, this uh, this riffraff, as it were. 
He will then inspire courage in everyone using his perform okay. oratory. Yay! <laughs> hey, he's actually doing something. So. Did he not do anything when you were with him? I mean, he did, but I just halfway expected him to just go, well, you all have fun. I'm going by. We're only helping him this one instance. It's not like this is all of the Brotherhood. He's going to have to pay them back. <laughs> <laughs> he will also step forward. He'll go ahead and step forward 10 feet. Uh, it takes us from there to Hennessy. All right. Hennessy is going to go ahead and uh, stand up next to, I- to Isidore. All right. Move 25 feet forward. Uh, which puts me, if I have done my math correctly, uh, 20 feet away from the closest man. Um, so Hennessy will uh, grab a couple of vials. He like takes a sip of one of them, pops two others, puts them together, spits into the into the vial the the uh, whiskey, shakes it up real quick, and then throws a bomb at the uh, nearest guy—an alcoholic bomb. Oh jeez! All right. <laughs> oh no! This character is so extra, and I love it. <laughs> All right, seventeen to hit the man. A seventeen will hit your target's touch AC as the bomb right. flies through the air and strikes the man. <laughs> oh, he's going to take 12 points of damage and need to make Ouch. me a fortitude save. <laughs> Ow. Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody found a class that lets uh, Jordan roll well. That is a uh, painful <laughs> hit as there's this explosion sears across the, uh, starts to burn the rug, sears across the floor, knocks this guy nearly <laughs> off of his feet. That's why I said you needed insurance. I look at Remarque. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at a 15 for that fortitude save. He saves barely. Oh. Mm. So he's not getting drunk. Oh. <laughs> All right. Them so disappointing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There are those uh, those fumes kind of raising up there. I just want somebody to get a little tipsy <laughs> oh from my alcohol. The room bombs. smells like someone just dropped a bottle of Fireball whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Taking us from Hennessy to Bard number two, Vernon. Bard team, <laughs> double Bard. Bard round two. <laughs> And a one and a two. Um, Although there is the benefit that Vernon's bardic kind of equivalency of uh, Inspire Courage does also do different things and therefore sex. Yep, indeed. Uh, I will, uh, first of all, I need to identify the types of creatures we're fighting. Uh, okay. You know what? I'm going to go on and use my lore master ability to go on and take 20 on this. Because okay. <laughs> why not? I mean, what else uh, am I doing today? Glorious. <laughs> he appears to be human. The man behind him appears to be one eighth elf, but ah. still human. <laughs> Very nice. I was about to say, taking twenty on a knowledge local, I get a twenty-eight, which I assume identifies them as human, and yes. therefore uh, I can begin my bardic song, uh, which is naturalist, uh, where I describe humans and their weaknesses <laughs> and what it is that you need to do to defeat them. Izzy looks over his shoulder back at you. <laughs> They're really good at, at being blown up. That's that's all I need. This to is know. why Alvi rolled so poorly. He starts fully laughing. <laughs> you know? Listen, they're my weaknesses too. All right, I just want you to keep that in mind. They're all of our yeah. weaknesses. <laughs> However, they require uh, this does... parental guidance. <laughs> we see until such time as they they turn about um, fifteen or so. The I lower mean, part depends. of their abdomen is especially vulnerable for the men. <laughs> As are their egos. <laughs> uh, this does, of course, allow allies within 30 feet of me, as well as myself, to get a plus one insight bonus to armor class, attack rolls, and saving throws against any exceptional supernatural or spell-like abilities they have. Oh my gosh, that's an insight bonus, so it does actually stack. It does actually morale. stack. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I will then move forward, uh, drawing my short bow as I go and standing uh, perfectly behind Isidore, because <laughs> I do not want any part She'll of the melee. The front line. <laughs> yes. Stay behind me. 
That's the plan. Always the plan. You're a good man, Izzy. I am the wall. Yes. <laughs> well played. Yes. Uh, zero point for Heather for fi- using her house motto. <laughs> yes. Fun to hear somebody else say that. I like it. Some of them are really good for, for saying in combat, and some of them aren't. Oh, so the castener forward from beneath one is never going to get used. Like It's like, ah, oh, dang. We're never going to be sapping a wall. Uh, so Vernon charges forward, um, letting everyone know how to defeat the most evil creature in the universe. Turns out it's man. I mean, it was always man. Taking yes. us from there to Josephine. It's always fun when it kind of hops over because I've got Josephine set up so it does the 30 foot. You yeah, can only I can't see, see anything. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of fun when it hops over there. And it's like, oh, it is very dark here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am I am going to advance forward uh, probably up next to Vernon. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So now I can see a few of them. Um, There is a third one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They had told you that there were three of them. There, there, there mm-hmm. are three. You only see two, but. Okay, then I will do my presence of dragon. Ooh, that sounds cool. Okay. Um, So as a swift action, I can manifest an aura of draconic might around myself. So enemies within 30 feet who can see me have to have a will save. Otherwise, they are going to be shaken. They have to have a will save. Cool. Very well. So save. Ah, she looks so cool when she does this. Seriously. Mm, Rogue fighter combos. Not great for will saves. Uh, Ah. That is a a three. No. And a 12. Nope. Ooh. I thought you said there were three. Uh, the, the other, other one's one more than 30 feet back. away. Ah, oh, dang yeah. You said within okay. 30 feet of you. Yes, I did. Okay, well, um, they are shaken for 2d6 rounds, so that would be Jeez. seven rounds. They shall Whoa. be shaken. Wow. Seven rounds, all right. And in Whoa. the seven rounds, they shall yep. be shaken. <laughs> for seven rounds, they shall be shaken, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, both of them are shaken now. Again, as you step forward, uh, this all of you can kind of feel this like this intimidation rolled off of uh, of Josephine. Uh, God, do you have truth. to stand next to me when you do that? You'll be <laughs> fine. You should be so honored. She's so cool. My heart <laughs> lets out a draconic bellow of fury. Got my anime moment. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Bringing truth to the words of her house. I figure she yeah. probably looks over at her and is like, "Never conquered, forever feared." Yes, I see why. <laughs> Delightful. The fact that some of your family members can breathe lightning. That may be part of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Uh, taking us from Josephine to Albie. Albie's going to move forward. I love first round of combat with heavily armored people know, where it's sucks. just like, I'm getting into uh, position. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm coming. <laughs> Does Josephine typically like to be on the front line or no? I'm okay being on the front line, but I am also the healy person. So, All right. Then Albie will but. essentially like move forward and like step in front of Josephine. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not a wall, but I can be here too. <laughs> I do appreciate this. How far for you, everyone? <laughs> standing tall. That's what mine is. Yeah, you're just standing tall. Yeah, standing tall. Yeah. So basically, you step forward, forming up with Isidore and Hennessy to kind of form this line. Of going I don't know why Hennessy's part of the front line in this, but because <laughs> I know. need a clear way to throw bombs. This <laughs> <laughs> line of sight. Yeah, line in- of sight. Instead of pulling my Falcata this first round, I have my buckler, so I'll I'll uh, pull a dagger and toss it at this uh, this closest okay uh, bad person. The closest silent brother, the one that was already blown up and is now terrified. Good, be scary, <laughs> and I throw it. Be scared. Fifteen for a twenty-two. Actually, that's not Eight. even with heroism or any of the other things. So fifteen for a twenty-six. <laughs> Golly! Wow! I'm a fighter, baby, mostly. <laughs> Mostly. I have one little Sorry, druid heroism should be giving you two. But you do get one for naturalist. The naturalist. Yeah, so so 25. 
two, so 25, 25. I, yes. Math is hard. A 25 will strike your foe. Great. Uh, Oh, man, minimum damage. Feel free to take six uh, piercing damage. He will take six piercing damage. That is how you actually sink a dagger into someone. (laughs) Good shot. Noted, he says as he pulls the dagger out and Mm. gets ready to throw it at you. I was going to say, you just rearmed him. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. We're just sitting here throwing daggers back and forth at each other rapid fire. Well, I have a sword, but anyway. Uh, That brings us to the third of the Silent Brothers. Who rushes forward, uh, pulls a dagger himself, and hurls it straight at Hennessy. <laughs> We're doing a lot of throwing <laughs> daggers. It's like a yeah, slap fight, round. but with sharp things. Maybe. That is an 18. That will not hit me. Very well. You quickly mm. duck out of the way as this kind of grazes across your shoulder. Thanks, magic. Uh, spins away off into the darkness. Hennessy, what are you doing? I need a clear line of fire. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the next silent brother. I like that we've all formed in a way that almost none of us can be snuck attacked. <laughs> we oh, are in good fireball again. formation, though. Yeah, we Actually, are in very good fireball be. formation. Yeah. So Albie drew a dagger and threw it, correct? Yep. Okay, so since Albie's unarmed... That's all I've got. He will dart around uh, the side. How dare he? Uh, sliding next to uh, Josephine uh, off to Albie's side and readying. Taking us from there to Isidore. Little all right. You know. I figure... Albie probably has the one that's about to stab Josie cover, er, covered. Uh, they're probably going to stab me. But Hennessy's being a dumb <laughs> So <laughs> Izzy will move uh, 15 feet forward and get between the one that just threw the dagger at Hennessy and Hennessy. Okay. And then I will use my furious focus and activate my power attack. All right. <laughs> you two-handed your flaming Falcata. Yeah, there we go. Also, I believe you're a ranger with favored enemy humans, since apparently yeah. you're just skirmishing <laughs> with bandits all day. I get the plus two from heroism. Uh-huh. I get the Correct. plus two from my favorite enemy, and then uh-huh. I get the plus one from naturalist. So, uh-huh. yes. Very good. Plus your strength. So that'll be a D20 bonus. plus 14. Very good. I like that somehow, <laughs> somehow Vernon's telling you things, you ranger with favorite enemy human, that you're like, I've never thought about that with humans before, but. <laughs> so that'll be a 10 for a 24. A 24 will strike your foe as you charge forward, bring to might the, uh, the power of the Darhens. Ah, full base attacks. So good. Yeah, I can't add damage with mine, but that's all right. All righty. So that's going to be 19 (laughs) points of regular damage. And three points of fire damage. We love it. Ow. Wow. (laughs) That'll do as you chop the bear down and he falls hitting the ground as you cleave into it. Wow. (laughs) Don't with my friends. (laughs) He says nothing because he's bleeding out. (laughs) He, says, from, he probably turns to the other guy that's in the back while he says that. Currently shaken. <laughs> currently shaken because of the dragon Scary lady. Scary dragon lady. Yeah. He's shaken, though, so he's going to go and he'll give a wide berth to Isidore. Nope, nope, nope. Circle around into that flank with Albie there, uh, and we'll go ahead funny. and take that stab. Moving forward, drawing out his short sword as he closes uh, before thrusting ahead. Maybe that is going to be 21 to hit your flank, Daisy. Um, that will stab me. On the nose, that will stab me. Ooh. He rushes in, buries his blade uh, in your side. As you kind of, you turn back, you know, maybe for a moment, you're you're probably even not that worried about Josephine. The woman's like a walking armory. (laughs) But it's probably that like, 
Come on, Isidore, we're, we're, we're having a line here. Yeah, what happened to line? <laughs> oh, one man line, I see. Ooh, uh, for 13 points of damage Ooh. as the short sword stabs Ow. into your side. The other one's ready to action does go off as soon as, technically speaking, it went off as soon as you, the other guy stepped into the flank to get a sneak attack. Yeah, yeah Albie okay. does kind of groan and cast Windy Escape, which is an instantaneous, like, immediate action. Oh, okay. Which allows him to become... Briefly vaporous and insubstantial, allowing the attack to pass harmlessly through him. Uh, he has DR10 magic against this attack and is immune to poison sneak attacks or criticals. I'll go ahead and so make the attack roll. Um, well, no, he's immune to criticals, which means that it's impossible since he's not using a magical weapon to for do him to do more than 10 points. So, ah, okay. Uh, so you quickly like spin out of the way as you call upon the, uh, the power of nature. Yeah, I get a little windy. Nice. There's like a nice breeze. There's a big, all of your cloak simultaneously dramatically That's blowing really cool. hero wind uh, as you spin out of the way of this attack. Both the tails of my jacket flaring out. Flaring out dramatically, <laughs> like Hamilton up in here. Taking us from there to Romario, springs off towards the side. Um, we'll go ahead and spring into the flank against that other silent brother. Uh, closing with him, he'll go ahead and thrust ahead with his rapier. I did not cast heroism upon him for some reason. I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, a 13 will not strike his flanked foe. Mm. Sadly. Uh, taking us from Romario, as Benoke saw all of you, um, well, with the exception of Josephine, actually, um, only Hennessy and Isidore, a door opens uh, from deeper inside of the manor, as what? they can also pick the locks on windows. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Surprise. Well, I guess three was too many, or too few it to ask for. was too huh? few. Yep. As another silent brother closes from uh, the opposite direction. How many people does it take <laughs> to make a party, Hennessy? Oh, we're well past that. You can have a party with two if you try real hard. <laughs> All right. That brings us to Hennessy. <laughs> Hennessy will take a five-foot step back uh, up next to Vernon, uh, and I'm going to throw at the guy who just came in through the wind the door. Uh, <laughs> guy just springs in. It's like, ah. He springs in, and it's just like it's just like Hennessy doing like the equi the equivalent of like the what was that the shovel pass or the, the one where you pass backwards or whatever in uh, in football oh, no. just straight into the back of him. <laughs> Jordan always trying to pull out half-remembered football analogy. None of us know yeah, this. like this is not a football group. I don't know, man. I, I think party boy, and it makes me think of sports for some reason. <laughs> it's funny because it's always a half-remembered. Jordan's like, this oh, yeah, thing, no, I, I heard of this of those one terms. time. <laughs> it's like a lateral or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so that is an 11 for an 18 to hit this man. An Ooh. 18 will strike your target's touch AC as you hurl a bomb back towards him. All right. <laughs> uh, so that's eight points of damage, and he's going to need to make a fortitude save. Ouch. <laughs> DC 15. Uh, looks like 13 will not do it then. Haha! -ha! It has finally happened. All right. So he has <laughs> failed. <laughs> so this is means that it he is now tipsy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which means? Yep. Okay. What does tipsy do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited and you don't even know what it does. <laughs> it does stuff that's even better. So it's a minus one on all strength and dex skill checks and to their will saves. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. That's not bad. It does lower the will saves, so there's that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're getting right. a little more loose. He's a, he's a little tipsy. As you hurl a bomb back at him, he's like, oh, God, the explosion surprised me. But what is it? Is it <laughs> hints of, is that vodka? <laughs> it's actually pretty as, good. As, as uh, Hennessy takes like the rest of the vial of vodka and like holds it out to uh, to Vernon, you need to pick me up. I need steady aim right now. Is what I need. <laughs> More for me then. You have move action remaining if you'd like to take it. Pace yourself, Hennessy. Uh, move action. I will draw a um, a potion. Well, 
A potion. Yeah, I'll draw a potion vial of uh, my targeted bomb at a mixture for next turn. Taking us from there as the door off towards your side opens. Oh, oh God, <laughs> how many are there? <laughs> I should have waited on my display. God dang it. Yep. And another silent brother Apparently, uh, charges in. Okay. Closes, but can't really do anything past that. Taking us from there to Vernon. Joe, do you have Albie's back or should I do the honors for the healing this time? Uh, I can take care of it. Right. In that case, get off his back, I say to the one that Romario and Albie is, uh, are currently flanking. And I will move uh, closer to the stairwell before I take aim and fire point blank shot uh, directly at him. Very well. Let's see here. I do have precise shots, so I don't take oh, a penalty nice. for firing in a melee. So Vernon springs back. Crossbow? Uh, it is actually a composite shortbow. Ah, nice. very well. Springs back, knocks an arrow for a librarian. Very versed with the shortbow. There's a lot of stories about bows. <laughs> he shoots birds. He birds. He does mm. birding. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, that is a 16 for a 25. A 25 nice. will strike your foe. In fact, it actually should be 10 points of damage because that is within 30 feet. Ouch. So 10 points of damage as your arrow thunks into the man's side and he goes down with a meaty smack. Nice. <sighs> All right. Uh, could somebody get my back, please? I think Hensley's <laughs> got yours. Not far from me. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, taking us from there to Josephine. Well, Josephine is going to be doing some healing. I am amazing, Ooh. and I just healed you for 18 <laughs> points of time. Wow. <laughs> nice. Inti the intimidating oracle then just says, nah, that didn't happen, and just pats Albie on the back, and the wounds are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it feels a little bit tingly, because it's uh, um, I'm oh, probably tingly. descended from a, an electric dragon. Ooh, tingles. <laughs> Very well, so you channel the uh, the healing power of the dragon kind. You feel this infusion of draconic might as we uh, go from... Well, Josephine still has a move action if she'd like to take it. Yeah, I am going to move up next to Albie just to make it that much more difficult to get into the flank. Okay. Hmm. You step up kind of shielding uh, Hennessy and, uh, and Vernon behind you. Yes. Uh, from the two yes. that are in front, even though there's one back in the rear. Oh, yeah. I'm about to be stabbed, aren't I? <laughs> Don't think no, that way. No, we could go for me. I mean, would you rather I go over there and block you? No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. I just, uh, I'm, I'm very, very concerned. I'm very, I'm very stable. <laughs> While I was giving all of you these bonuses, I suddenly realized how vulnerable humans are. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're listening to me and hearing all these ways to stab me? It appears that uh, the, the humans... Lack of a, an exoskeleton or any form of natural armor is a, is a terrible misstep. It's truly a wonder we've managed to get as far as we have. That's true. Uh, that takes us from Josephine to Albert. All right. I'm going to actually draw my Falcata now. And uh, I guess I'm well. the one that just came in through the door. And I'm like, how many of you are there? That would be nice to know. How many of you are there? She, is this yeah, a magical right. compulsion? Or? No, I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled Unsurprisingly, the silent brother remains silent. Ah, well, fine. <laughs> uh, and I'll, you know, slash out at him with my falcata. I guess worth a try? <laughs> you never know. They might have been chatty fellows. You find the one guy that's like, you know, I don't actually know. He knows. He's just not talking. Uh, I roll 13 for a 25 to cut into this guy. Uh, 25 wow. will strike your foe as you draw your falcata and slice out. I don't do out. nearly as much damage as my ranger friend, but I cut into him for nine damage. Still Ouch. hurts. A painful slice as you cut into the uh, the silent brother, taking us from Albie, uh, unless you'd like to take your five-foot step. No, I'm good. Taking us from there to Isidore. I will take a five-foot step, so I'm actually in the flank with uh, Albie for the one in front of Josephine. Yeah. Nice. Okay. 
And I will do the same thing I did last turn. Power attack and all the bonuses. That's a two for a 16. Oh, bummer. A 16 will strike your flank foe. Infused with the uh, the inspired courage from one bard and the inspired wisdom from the other. <laughs> <laughs> and there were... Uh, so that's 2d4 plus 15 for 19 normal damage and four fire damage. That is obscene Jeez. damage at this level. Oh my god. Yeah. I have a strength of four and power attack. So yep, you know what? Our strength it. modifier of four and a power yep. attack. And these are also favored enemies, so I'm getting bonuses from that. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, that'll uh, you step forward slicing sideways and taking the man down. I'm on my way, Vernon. I'm just slow in this armor. Yes, I, that's that's <laughs> fine. You seem to be uh, death incarnate, I might say. <laughs> Izzy grins. <laughs> that brings us around to Romario, who uh, goes, oh, tipsy, you say? <laughs> Romario will go ahead and kind of like fold into the center of the group um, as he rushes forward, uh, turns towards the man off towards Bravely the side. Bravely putting himself in the middle of all of us. Putting himself safely in the middle as he <laughs> digs around in a pocket, uh, somewhat probably surprising, or not necessarily all that too surprising, but digs around the pocket, pulls out a small pecan tart and hurls it across <laughs> the room towards the yeah, man. Yes, <laughs> the best it. spell component. All right, fair enough, fair enough. As he casts hideous <laughs> laughter as he hurls it over. Nice. <laughs> Oh, that All right. might do nicely, actually. he's taking a minus one penalty to his uh, will saves, I believe. He is. Yep. He's a little tipsy. Ooh, that makes your will save a zero. Glorious. <laughs> 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 so that six will fell as it smacks into him as the man Yay! just kind of looks down at this, snorts, and then bursts into this <laughs> chortling laughter. <laughs> yeah, so he'll burst into uh, to uncontrollable laughter and uh, collapse prone to the floor. <laughs> Great. Hideous laughter is one of the funniest spells. It is great. It's the fact I love that you it. need to throw a tart at them or a pie that, or something. That'll do nicely, actually. If you're in melee range, it's a feather. You reach out with a feather <laughs> and hit them with yeah, it. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, that brings us to said silent brother who laughs uncontrollably. <laughs> he can't attempt to do saving throw, so he will. He's still tipsy, but yep. he'll try. That will be a failure. Nice. So he continues to writhe, laughing, taking us from there to Hennessy. Uh, hideous laughter. Does that does that break if I damage him? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it affects their defenses either. Okay. But he is unable. I mean, to technically act. speaking, against the bomb, his AC is four higher because he's prone. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, Hennessy at least will drink his uh, targeted bomb out of mixture. That unfortunately is a standard action, so that is going to be basically my whole turn. Okay. Can you take a five foot step so you're between Joe and oh, so that you can Romario? Charge. Yes. Yes, please. I will do that. <laughs> is the door's like get out of the way? <laughs> Get out of the way. You're also in a line. What are you doing? Get out of the way, drunkie. <laughs> I would never call him that. Yes, you would. If you he's were not friends, drunk you would. You no, absolutely would, because he is a Taking hot Taking us mess. from Hennessy to the remaining silent brother. Oh, hey. The one that's not prone and laughing uncontrollably. Mm. The man pauses. We would perhaps be willing to renegotiate an extension <laughs> to your loan. <laughs> <laughs> I glance over at Romario. Uh, Your call, Romario. We will make sure he pays. Wait, we uh, will? Yes, yeah. I have every intention of paying, of course. Um, so, Do you offer uh, payment plans? Certainly. I, I, I didn't want violence to begin with. I mean, that is true. He didn't. <laughs> All right. And assuming no one takes any violent actions other than the guy just rolling violently on the floor laughing. <laughs> I mean... Uh, they will oh, yeah, quickly go said. along as they're actually carrying potions of stabilize. 
Oh, okay. oh weird. Interesting. Well, okay. Oh, that makes one. sense. They're kidnappers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. knock them down and then stabilize them. <laughs> and then just stabilize them. Yeah, that um, makes so sense. So they, they actually, actually, so they also have healing potions. So they'll restore one another and just be like, oh, yeah, we kind of got our, our butts handed to us. And the little bit of damage that we did, which was fairly impressive, um, was immediately cured. So um, <laughs> we'll go ahead. It's like, we, by the really scary fact, they have healing. <laughs> Romario has a brief conversation with the Brotherhood as they're basically like, well, we'll give you another three months. And after that, <laughs> don't invite the these payment. people over again. <laughs> <sighs> we'll come back when you don't have friends. <laughs> Solid strategy, honestly. I mean, he doesn't have friends right now. We're just against murder. <laughs> as, the, uh, as the Brotherhood retreats, Romario just kind of, oh, well then. I don't appreciate being blindsided, pun intended, <laughs> by dishonesty. Uh, I, I was never dishonest with any of you. It's no, just... you just withheld information that might have been important for us to know. Well, well I, to be I fair, thought... we don't talk finances with random people. Well, and I, I thought that this matter would be completely resolved um, well before the payment became due. You were reckless. Again, I could not have undertaken this expedition. Uh, unfortunately, I... He sighs. No, you're you're right. Even a little bit of his affected accent seems to drop. Okay, there we go. I I wasn't a successful bureaucrat. I was just a bureaucrat, uh, a numbers man. I sold a bill of goods, as it were, to the uh, the Brotherhood of Silence, and uh, it appears that maybe I missed my calling as a confidence man. But I this was my chance. I, I it still can be. I'm not a, a successful bureaucrat. I was just... I lucked out selling off Glory to get enough money to get out of the slums. Hmm. And then I did everything that I could to try to be where you are, to have money and station and power. People don't listen to you if you don't have money or station or power. Yeah. People don't listen to you when you have money and station and power. No, you just need to make them listen. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'll be great. Now they, they did. I I know maybe it was went to my head handing out platinum pieces, but I mean, I would have loved that when I was busking tables. I I think you're right. I If I've learned nothing else from, from this expedition, from this trip, is I'm not my great-great-grandmother. You shouldn't be trying to be your great-great-grandmother. Exactly. I wanted to be... This, he gestures towards all of you, respected. We didn't become this overnight. This was years of hard work. Well, I mean, we were born into this. Partly. Well, we were born into nobility, but, you know, with the, the whole combat stuff, we did learn that all ourselves. Well, I, I, I never, I've never wanted to fight. I, I learned to use a sword to protect myself. I like this version of you much better than before. Mm -hmm. An honest version. It's good. Most nobility are a bunch of... Oh, yeah, no, they're, they suck. Oh, definitely. My friends and I are some of the better ones, I think. I'd like to think that. Well, I mean, you have... You certainly surprised me. It was not what I had expected. When I heard your, your titles and such, I was expecting well, the type of nobles you see riding on a carriage, not looking out the window at the people that they ride by. Hmm. We had a friend that highly influenced what we have become. Mm. Sounds like a very good friend. He was. 
I wish I had had someone like that, but... What are you actually going to do if you get your title back? Pay off the Brotherhood of Silence, for starters. Well, that's probably smart, but after that... (laughs) What is it you want to accomplish as a noble? Or is this just for the fame and glory? If I'm being honest, it's not something I ever really thought about. I was so fixated on getting to that goal. Mm. And then these last month or so, I, I dragged my feet because glory tells me these great stories of of who an Arya was. And every time that I look at Amantios, I'm reminded of how treacherous a field it is to go into. I, I won't lie. I always thought that you had it so easy, but it seems like everyone there is as backstabbing and underhanded as the, the street thugs in the Narrows. People don't change regardless of where they are. People are people. With more power or less, they still act accordingly. But if you have any chance of actually gaining this title, you need to be able to answer the question of what you will do with it. Otherwise, I don't think Utropia will give you the time of day. It's more than just the power, it's responsibility. Mm. (laughs) Well, it should be, anyway. For whom much is given, much should be required. Noble obligation, yes. Well, I suppose I've come this far, and it would be insulting to the uh, literal blood that some of you have spilt to help me get here to not exonerate the name of Anaria and make certain that she is elevated to the position of respect that she deserves. And if the princess in her wisdom feels that I should take up her mantle, then I will do my best. That is all I can do. It's all any of us can do. Too bad your sword didn't hear all this. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> On the plus side, we've just had a grand victory, and I think celebratory drinks are in order. Yes, um, I... He sheepishly rubs his neck. I did spend a good amount of money on uh, three bottles of Zespire Red, so um, I suppose we should drink. If you get the title, we really have to talk about budgeting. Yes. Um, I mean, not that I'm great at it because I'm super rich, but I hear it's a thing. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I was more of a... Well, I may have misled all of you somewhat. I was more of a, a paper filer um, than I was a, uh, shall we say, bureaucratic master of the, the abacus. That is one of the best parts about being rich, is being able to hire people to do things for you. He's not rich yet. We'll work on that. But I suppose you uh, you retire after finding all of the uh, the servants who, upon... I'm sure yeah, all ran for You'd the warned them all, they'd all hid in the, the cellar, and we're just like, mm. we're not here. This guy just hired us for the day. Paid us way too much for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> At least that makes sense now. That makes, yeah. a, lot, yeah. it makes a lot of sense why that he was like like so better. intense. Throwing money around everybody. Yeah, yeah oh my seriously. Uh, I'm rich. Again, it's like someone that wins the lotto or somebody that does take out a loan and then forgets that they mm. do have to repay it eventually. And it's just yep. like, I can buy whatever I want. It's yeah. the college kid with their first credit card who just thinks it's mm. free money. You know, I've got a credit card with a $15,000 limit. Those fools. <laughs> yeah, those fools. <laughs> However, you all enjoy your dinner that evening. Rest up. I guess the big question is now we do get a chance to go and speak to uh, to Lady Marilla beforehand before she gives her report to Utropia. So uh, what is the party's uh, advice mm. on Romario. Now that he's had his revelation... You know, he really saved himself at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. feel... I mean, I don't know. Hennessy's got that, like, kind of like, well, he lied to us. 
which is pretty bad. He's made some bad financial decisions, which could be you he know, didn't really bad lie. I'm not asking people about their pocketbooks. He did. He did borrow money mm-hmm. from criminals, which you know could be as the think of it the same yeah, as embezzling. Yeah, but how many nobles right? have done that too? They hire the mm-hmm. Brotherhood to steal from each other all the time. I know every noble because there's nobles that are way worse. That's the problem. Is like he's done some stuff that like the nobles get away with all the time. So. Izzy would be like, he's going to have to have a seneschal that we oh, can, yeah. that he, that is trustworthy and can yeah. help guide yeah. him into this. We can't just give him the lands and be like, okay, you do you. He's yeah. going to have to have people around him that are either already working with the sovereign court or somebody that she find or she, she knows people she can trust from other families. Hey, but at we least have he seems to help him to care about people. Mm. Like he was overpaying because he knew what it was like to be poor. That's kind of a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. So. How this kind of breaks down for you. Mm -hmm. First off, I'm going to assume, unless any of you have any reason to choose otherwise, that you choose to glorify Anaria and suggest that Anaria's name be restored. For 100% sure, she didn't do anything wrong. What happened to her was tragic. Yeah. So in essence, as far as what you're trying to sell Gloriana on, and then she's going to talk to Utropia about, do you want to restore Romario to his full position, lands and title and all the rest of that included? Do you think that he should have a noble status bestowed upon him, but not lands? So basically, mm. all right, you get the name mm. count, but you get yep. nothing. All he gets is mm. literally a name. It does nothing for him other than that. He gets no he gets no power or lands. So and no his money. family are considered nobles. But again, it's kind of like all of you where you only really have your estate. Um, he yeah. doesn't even get an estate. It is just an honorary title at that point, really. Hmm. Alternatively, you could suggest that he be uplifted. Um, he's not going to be exalted mm. because only the Grand Prince can do that, but that does mean yeah. that he will be get granted a title, probably a lesser title, but one that actually does come with lands. Maybe even some of his ancestral lands. What do we know about the family that's in charge of the region now? That's a good point. Who who currently controls the land and are they any good at it? So Countess Josephine did meet them in passing, or at the very le- least met the Count, yeah. Theon uh, Sanabri, who at the very least probably has a fairly good view on both Josephine as well as Romario because they did return back uh, their ancestor's head, um, which had been missing since she was decapitated 700 years ago. Yeah, I mean, everybody ago. would be happy about that, but that doesn't say that, that doesn't tell me what their family's like and what the peasantry and their, you know, well, regions like. Well, he wouldn't like become and... a count or anything. Really what um, what Josephine could tell you is they're a noble family in careers. Mm. So uh, yeah. they're always playing the game. They're a bit backstabby. They're all backstabby. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm up for uplifting him. I yeah. think maybe restoring his original titles doesn't sound 100% great, but he does seem to be on some level. On some level, he seems to have realized exactly what it is that he's been and that he needs to be better. Yeah. And he doesn't oust the current family or anything. He just gets a tract of land somewhere. Well, and technically that tract of land comes from somebody else. Well, but, sure. You know, maybe well, it's a tract of land nobody I wants. I mean, there, there are numerous noble estates that have not been restored. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just like, here's a noble estate that has gone, again, much akin to using War for the Crown as an example, the Betany estate. Yeah. Where so it's just like, just it's being unclaimed. maintained, but, but no one lives there it, until yeah. someone can claim it. Yeah. All right, I think that's fine. So you're going for him to be uh, uplifted? It would be my suggestion, but if people want something different, I mean... Yeah, I'm fine with that. No, I think that works. Yeah. So, do me a favor, and uh, one of you will be the primary for this. All the rest may choose to aid another, if they so wish, on a diplomacy, a perform oratory, or a profession barrister. <laughs> Gosh, wrong character for that. I have a plus 10 diplomacy. Yeah, I don't have any of that. I have, I have diplomacy. diplomacy. I've got diplomacy. Uh, I've only got plus 7, though. 
Mine's a 10, but I mean, the bard is a bard. Plus 12. Uh, plus 12? Plus 12 oh, actually 12. wins okay, it. Okay, we help so, Rachie. Yeah. Rach got it. So everybody aid. I aid you. Yeah, I will aid as I well. I super aid you. Uh, I aid you just barely. <laughs> plus another eight. Eight. Plus eight. Yep. So plus eight. I start with a 20. <laughs> the DC is only 20 to suggest Yay! her to be uplifted. <laughs> if you're trying to sell, if you're trying to sell her on the um, basically ousting account and making him account, it is a DC 30. Oh, jeez. That's a difficult sell. To, uh, I suppose to sum up the end of our story here, all of you make your way to a par the next day. You meet with your friend, uh, Marilla, who uh, thanks all of you for your patience, considering how exacerbated she had been dealing with uh, Alcasti, but believing that if he were restored to a position of power, she does share with you. Anaria's absolution appeals to more than just her and Eutropia's sense of justice. To the reform-minded princess, it is a valuable piece of propaganda. The tragic story of Anaria paints Taldor's opulent elite as the villains, a subtle insinuation that many nobles don't look highly on. However, it does show that the country can subscribe to an idea of surpassing its past and becoming uh, much more accepting, mm. uh, especially of a powerful female figure from their history, um, mm. that if the noble men in charge of the center of the country had actually backed, may have kept Andoran and possibly the entirety of Chiliax still under Taldane rule. Mm. Nice. Is a pretty good piece of, uh, again, not to use Some it in a negative press. connotation, but propaganda. Propaganda. Yep. Yeah. Good story. You listen as the case is made. Make your suggestions in turn. And the princess upon deliberation does decide that while restoring him to his full power would not be acceptable, that she does believe that he deserves some lands and as such does grant him the ancestral track of land that his family owned and a vie barony, basically making him a vie oh. baron. Mm. Hmm. So kind of like the uh, the Viscountess that you have in your other party. So that yeah. So hmm. the the Vi thing is one step down. Basically, it means that you have a small portion of a, a barony land, hmm. uh, yeah. but there's definitely less than the count that he would have been. Yeah. Mm. Basically, granting him the title of uh, a Vi Baron and uh, the lands that are included therein, as uh, he is of, of course uh, exceptionally pleased with the uh, the redeeming of the Alcasti name, and thanks all of you profusely. Just and uh, I suppose all of you have a, a celebratory round of drinks uh, and, <laughs> and celebrations. And he pulls out his half alchemist, half bar and prepares drinks. <laughs> I believe with all of you, uh, at very least I know with Isidore planning on restoring uh, glory, basically once this is all done, just kind of going like, I'll just take glory back down to Kadira Fort. Yeah, I that? think I should yeah. do that. That's a good idea. Um, and I think Josephine <laughs> had planned on uh, kind of holding on to uh, Amantios and that like, maybe I can find someone that works clockworks and kind of fix yeah. this buddy back up. That was mm -hmm. my plan. Poor little owl guy. Yeah. He never asked for this. He didn't. True. Poor little guy. Yeah, with that, you have successfully completed Honor's Echo. Um, having uh, retrieved these various items, having restored the honor of the Alcosti name. Yay. And, uh, All right. Yeah, nice. congratulations, everyone. And what? honestly, until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Good, Good luck, As we'll pick it back up with the main story for War of the Crown as we continue oh, to venture forward. Looking forward to it. Gracious. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to point it out, but it is kind of funny that he ended up with a better position than me in the end. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It's totally true. It's like, uh, if you're passing out lens, um, yeah. do you mind? We, we would like them too. Actually, can we just make him a lord? We, we don't love that he's better than Vernon. I just think it's pretty funny. That's all. I, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, man.
Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.